As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello, everybody. Welcome in to another episode of The Ding You here at The Athletic, presented by BetMGM. I am Michael Beller. Thanks to all of you out there joining us here this afternoon in some of the country, this morning still in other parts of the country. Uh, let us know if you're here. We're going to be taking any bracket or betting questions that you might have as we get ready for the first four and the start of the NCAA tournament tomorrow. Joined once again here by Brian Bennett and Brian we were just talking as we were getting going as we were starting to get ready for today's episode that's been nearly a calendar year since we've had a tournament game usually I'll admit it I don't usually get too jazzed up for the first four right we've got a yeah. couple of seed games we've got a couple of bubble teams uh, trying to get their way into a quote real NCAA tournament game this year however totally different I am very excited for the first four this year getting the NCAA tournament back in our lives how you feeling about this year's first four yeah, bring it on. I'm very excited. Uh, also, I, I kind of like this new format, uh, the pandemic <laughs> uh, re- reasons for it, but uh, having all four games in one day, I mm-hmm. think that's pretty cool. I think in, in the past, especially by the, the second round of the f- first four, you were kind of checked out and ready for the real thing to start. But but having all four in one day, having them at the same place, uh, or at least in some of the same places where tournament games will be held, I think it's kind of cool. And I, hopefully we get a couple good games out of it. Yeah, and uh, a little bit of uh, slap in the face to Indiana, perhaps. Uh, They don't get to play in the tournament, but Assembly Hall gets to be used for the NCAA tournament here. We'll see a couple of games going on there uh, later on, or tomorrow, excuse me, as we get the first four rolling. And and like you said, Brian, right? First four, it's always going to involve a couple of 16-seed games, and maybe that leads to some of the first four fatigue that we've seen in previous seasons. The first game of this year's first four is one of those uh, 16-seed games Texas Southern and Mount St. Mary's in the East region. Winner of this game will move on to play Michigan on Saturday. Texas Southern is minus one right now with an over-under of 133. And Brian, I bring this up because there is not a whole lot of fatigue. This has been a very wagered on game. Texas Southern was minus two to start. When I looked this morning, Mount St. Mary's had flipped over to minus one on BetMGM. And then when I started to finalize all of our stats for the episode – 
Texas Southern had swung back to being the favorite sitting at minus one. I will say that that minus one is a minus 105, not a minus 110 usual juice line. So that's what we're looking at there. You see both of the money lines untraditionally uh, both sitting at minus 110. Uh, we we got to talk about it. I don't expect yeah. you to necessarily have uh, all the angles on Mount St. Mary's versus Texas Southern, but first tournament game of the season. When you look at it, what do you look at? Well, uh, I'm not sure this was the right game to start off the NCAA tournament because I think this could be a really ugly game. You have a Mount St. Mary's <laughs> team that's 356th in tempo, uh, two like 357 teams. Uh, Texas Southern, really, really bad shooting team uh, from the outside. Uh, so I think this has a chance to be, you know, a real grinder. Mount St. Mary's uh, has some big guys. They don't take a lot of threes. Uh, so you just have a maybe a, a real kind of battle in the paint in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Damien Chonqui, who plays for Mount St. Mary's, really fun to watch. Make sure you watch him. He's about 5'8", 145 pounds. Uh, has a really incredible backstory, but uh, just a real fun kind of jitterbug guard there. And, uh, you know, Texas Southern won, has won 14 out of the last 15. So I think if I were going to bet this game, I would take the under because I could see this kind of being in the 50s and just being a total rock fight. Yeah, Texas Southern really did dominate the SWAC this season, and they challenged themselves, uh, right? They played uh, non-conference games against St. Mary's, BYU, Auburn. They really didn't compete very much in any of those games, but they did go out there challenge themselves. Oklahoma State, another uh, non-conference game that Texas Southern played this season. And while it could get the tournament off to a little bit of a uh, hectic start, a little bit of a game that's going to be played in fits and starts, I do like the contrast of pace in this game. You mentioned uh, that Mount St. Mary's plays at one of the absolute slowest paces in the country. Uh, Ken Palm's got Texas Southern at an adjusted tempo of 41st in the country, 52nd average possession length of their own. So they want to play very fast. So at least there's an angle to this game in that regard, that we've got two teams that are going to try to play at very different paces, very different tempos in this one. And again, the winner moving on to take on Michigan. We'll talk to Jason Scott from BetMGM a little bit later in the show about how this game is going. For me, Brian, it's a pretty easy stay away. You on the same train there? Well, I think, again, I think I would take the under, but I, I don't feel <laughs> confident uh, in betting on either one of these teams to win. I, I think I'd probably lean Mount St. Mary's, but uh, again, it's uh, I think it's will probably come down to the last couple of minutes and be really low scoring. Yeah, we'll get our feet wet with that one, and we will get excited for the game that comes up uh, at the same time, starting just about half an hour later, Wichita State and Drake in the West region. These were uh, a couple of the last teams into the tournament. They are on the 11 line. The winner moves on for what will be, I I don't care who wins, it's going to be a fun game, whether it's Wichita State or Drake taking on USC on Saturday in an 11-6 game. Drake Minus one, 141 is our over-under. And this is another one that has had a whole lot of movement. Wichita State opened up when Selection Sunday uh, happened and revealed the bracket as two-point favorites. And now we have Drake sitting as one-point favorites on BetMGM. Money lines, you see Wichita State is minus 105 and Drake is minus 115. We have two great 11 seed matchups to watch tomorrow night, Brian. This is going to be uh, one of the one of the, uh, the best, I think, uh, duos of first four games that we have. And Wichita State and Drake, uh, right there. I really was happy to see Drake get into the tournament. You know, they didn't necessarily play the greatest schedule. They do have a win over Loyola Chicago, but I felt like their wins and their just volume of wins earned them a spot in the field. Love to see the committee rewarding them and giving them a game against Wichita State uh, that really uh, could set up a tough matchup for USC regardless of who wins. How do you look at this one? Surprised to see 
uh, Drake uh, be either the favorite or this close on the line. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a team that, uh, you know, Darian, excuse me, Darian DeVries, the coach has done just a phenomenal job. They lose Tank Hemphill, their, their leading scorer and rebounder, uh, to a foot injury. And then their point guard, Roman Penn, who might have been their best and most important player, he goes down with a foot injury as well. Uh, and they still managed to get to – uh, the Missouri Valley title game and get in the tournament and Joseph Yesifu, who just comes off the bench and turns into a star as soon as those guys leave. So uh, to me, this game comes down to what's the status of, of Tank Hip Hill. He's supposed to be back, uh, but he hasn't played in, in over a month uh, and he had a strained foot. So, uh, you know, how effective is he going to be? Uh, as you mentioned, Drake didn't play a very good schedule, did beat Loyola, but lost to them uh, twice as well. And Wichita, of course, played a much better schedule in the AAC. So I like Wichita on this one, but uh, very happy to see Drake in the tournament. Yeah, Drake took two of its losses this season without Hemphill. The uh, MVC championship game against Loyola and then their regular season finale against Bradley. Two losses with them, another one to Loyola and one against Valparaiso. Uh, Wichita State's an interesting team because, again, a, a much tougher schedule. They do have a win over Houston that they can uh, put out there and uh, probably the thing that maybe got them this spot once they lost that AAC championship game or, or uh, to or not the championship game, but in the semifinal against Cincinnati, they were obviously one of the teams that was sweating uh, going into selection Sunday. And if they don't have that win in the regular season, late in the regular season against Houston to point to, I'm not so sure that they're here. And, and this song has become a very familiar one in the AAC. Uh, it's sometimes it's like a pseudo power conference. Sometimes it's not quite there. This is one of those years where it felt like it wasn't quite that pseudo power conference with Houston being the big bully, Wichita State being on the bubble, and then really no one else you know, threatening inclusion in the NCAA tournament. Uh, what do you think has to go right for Wichita State in this one? Yeah, well, it's, a, it's not a great offensive team, uh, but I think you know they have to play – Play good defense, uh, especially against a Drake team that uh, you know has some pretty good shooters. Uh, yes, I mentioned DJ Wilkins, a fantastic three-point shooter. So they're going to have to guard that three-point line. Uh, but I think they they'll have an advantage uh, a little bit uh, defensively. And uh, you know if they can ha- handle Darnell Brody inside uh, for Drake, I think uh, I think Wichita will have a pretty good shot here. I just I just feel like they're a little bit more battle tested uh, than Drake. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drake's playing a little bit of house money here. I think, but uh, just getting in the tournament was kind of their NCAA tournament. But, uh, you know, I think, as I said, Drake was kind of hanging on there at the end, um, and they did a remarkable job of doing it. But Mm -hmm. I just don't know that they're, they're good enough to win an NCAA tournament game. Yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm definitely staying away from the total in this game. It's just, it's two offenses that I don't trust enough in either direction to want to play the under or play the over. Ken Palm does have this as a two-point victory for Drake. Now, obviously, that's going to assume that Tank Hempel is back for Drake. I, I will say that if if he is ends up playing for Drake, I, I like that. I, I like getting the getting the one point or maybe laying the one point wherever this might end up being for Drake, and we could still see some movement on this. It, it's a line that I'm not necessarily afraid of, and I've just seen we've seen so much from Wichita State this year where they have been this uneven team and where they've had these opportunities and haven't necessarily capitalized on them. So if we get Hemphill, I am actually comfortable playing Drake, whether they are catching one point or laying one point. Any action for you in this one? I think I might take Wichita State. Uh, just uh, roll with the fact that, uh, you know, Hemphill coming back after a month off uh, on a bad foot, uh, and maybe they even disrupts the chemistry they built down, down the stretch. So, But uh, it should be a good game, I think. 
There we go. You got to love it. We're finally getting into making picks and already going against one another with our second game of the NCAA tournament. Uh, please keep dropping some questions into the chat on the YouTube page. We will take any bracket betting questions that you might have as we are all finalizing our picks. I myself am in four traditional bracket pools, a couple of survivors, so I'm getting those all in order as we lead into the start of the tournament. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. For the time being, however, we would like to go to Jason Scott from BetMGM, the VP of Trading at BetMGM, joining the show once again. And Jason, first of all, thank you for joining us. Secondly, first four on deck here. And as uh, Brian and I have been talking about, uh, the 16-seed games uh, not necessarily going to draw the biggest interest uh, from college basketball fans. But uh, we've already seen plenty of line movement on Texas Southern and Mount St. Mary's, as I referenced a little bit earlier. So how much interest are you guys seeing on these two 16-seed games, that one and then Appalachian State and Norfolk State as the nightcap? Look, we haven't seen much. We've seen the the pros are interested, the Sharps. They've, they've come in, but as far as the general public, we're seeing a lot more interest in the futures and in the prop bets for the season for the tournament, the Elite Eight. The one market, I'll be interested in your opinion, that we've seen a lot of interest in is the sum of the seeds of the to- of the final four under or over 11 and a half. It, it's under probably over. the most popular market. <laughs> what's what's more popular there, the under or the over? They're all They're all on the under. All mm. on the under. I mean, you know, the, that uh, w- right with all the popularity of Gonzaga and Baylor and Illinois, for that matter, right, it would have to be a, a big time or a big number seed coming out of the East region. And you know, a lot of people are down on Michigan, something we talked about quite a bit yesterday and something we'll actually get into a little bit later with Brendan Quinn. I, I think I would I think I would lean under there <laughs> as well, even though I'm a little bit more bullish on some of these uh, lower seed teams. I think I would lean under there, too. How about you, Brian? Yeah, I think I might take that under. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. But you, right. get, you get one one or two bombers in there and you're <laughs> That's right. makes yeah. it pretty interesting pretty quick. So, well, uh, Jason, I know we, we've seen the line already move a little bit on Wichita State and Drake. Uh, where do you see the action on that one coming in? This is a real pros versus the Joes. So the public money's with Wichita, but as you mentioned before, uh, the, the lines move the other way. The so-called Sharps only want to go one way, but Wichita's certainly the – the money where we where the public are coming. So it'll be interesting to see how this one plays out. Yeah, again, uh, it could be something that uh, we we do see. Uh, we're going to see continued action on it, with it being the first non-16 seed game of this NCAA tournament. And again, just to reference, this opened up with Drake as two-point uh, underdogs, and now BetMGM having Drake as one-point favorites in this game against Wichita State. And I'll be very interested to see, regardless of who the winner is, where things settle for the winner against USC. I think a really fun team, a team that is going to threaten, I think, making a Sweet 16 run, even if it is a matchup with Kansas 
in the second round. Michigan State, UCLA. Uh, and this is not something we are used to talking about as a first four matchup. Uh, plenty of times this could be a final four matchup, a Sweet 16 matchup, something along those lines. We wouldn't typically expect to see Michigan State and UCLA as you know team number 66 and 67 into the field of 68. But that's where we find ourselves this season. There's going to be a lot of public interest in this game, both just because of the name brands and because of the fact that these have two very involved fan bases what has been your observation so far for the betting action on Michigan State and UCLA I concur with everything you just said this is the game where we've seen the most tickets written by a factor of about three uh we we are Michigan's a big loser for us Michigan State which makes sense obviously Michigan's one of the states where we're live in but we are seeing money for UCLA as well um this is the game that everyone wants to bet on uh, I tend to think the, the plus two UCLA, I'll give ourselves a chance to hold on to some of that money. <laughs> and, and Jason, I, you know, I, I would assume a lot of people like Michigan State as a sweet 16 pick with Tom Izzo and, and their history there, especially as you mentioned, uh, the market in Michigan. What, what are you seeing in terms of the action on the Spartans and the prop market? Yeah, we are. We're seeing a little bit. We're actually not seeing much for obviously the injury for Michigan. We're not seeing much long-term, so the Michigan punters are coming into Michigan State. I'll just, I will mention they're on the, both the Sweet 16 and the Elite 8. Alabama's by far our, our best back team, taking the minus 155 and the, the plus 150. Oh, yeah, that's a, a team that people are really liking not only to go that far, but also as a popular Final Four selection as well, given the uncertainty with Michigan and Isaiah Livers, you are seeing plenty of people get in on Alabama as a potential Final Four team. And maybe we do end up seeing a Sweet 16 matchup between Michigan State and Alabama. Jason, thanks so much for joining us again. Get ready for tomorrow. Tomorrow we are talking pre-first round. All 32 games are going to be on tap for us to talk about. We're not going to ask you about all 32, but we're going to get your opinion and what's going on on BetMGM for a bunch of them. So rest up. Can't wait to talk to you then. Top white Jets. Thanks. Thanks. Uh, it's Jason Scott from BetMGM. And again, just a reminder, you can register with BetMGM right now using the bonus code ATHLETICMM. All you got to do is bet $1 to win $100 when any of our picks come through on the first round matchup. And you will also get a one-year subscription to The Athletic so you can experience the absolute best coverage of not only the tourney, but everything else we do here. MLB season right around the corner. NBA playoffs right around the corner. NHL playoffs right around the corner. NFL free agency. We've got it all covered for you at The Athletic. Go to betmgm.com. Use the promo code ATHLETICMM when you sign up. This is for new customers, paid and free bets. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Uh, all right, Brian, you ready to uh, ready to bring on some of our friends here? Get a little That's, bit more, yeah. uh, get a little more brain power in the absolutely in the show? can't have all less. Right, let's, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> very close to Michigan, Michigan State in the Big Ten. Kyle, a little bit of an SEC expert, so that's where we're going to focus with you guys, Brendan. I'm going to give the first question to you here, since we do have Michigan State uh, playing in the first four. Let's talk about the Spartans. It has been an up and down season. Spartans saved their season probably over the last uh, couple of weeks when they had those three huge wins. It helped them get into the tournament, get one of those last four spots. So a Jekyll and Hyde team, one of the best coaches in the country. What can we expect from this team in this matchup with UCLA tomorrow night? The only thing I expect for certain is that they will show up in uniform. Um, <laughs> projecting beyond that when it comes to Michigan State is uh, has proven pretty difficult this year. Um, I haven't had any idea, like game to game, week to week, day to day, what you're going to get. Um, I mean, they've had 18 or 19 different starting lineups or, or lineup changes, I should say, like from game to game. 
Uh, they've never really found a steady answer at point guard all year. Um, shooting has been an issue all year. It's really kind of been a, a total crapshoot. Um, you know, outside of being fairly confident that Aaron Henry will step up and and deliver a uh, a pretty solid performance and do his part to try to get a win in this game. Betting beyond that on on anything from Rocket Watts to Joey Hauser to Josh Langford, total and complete guesswork. If anyone tells you otherwise, they are lying to you. <laughs> For sure. Well, uh, Kyle, let's talk a little bit SEC. You know, Alabama clearly tore through that league this year, winning the regular season title and the SEC tournament title. Uh, as Jason just told us a minute ago, a lot of action on them getting to the Elite Eight, uh, potentially with Michigan if, if they get there as well. But where do you see the potential trouble spots for Alabama uh, on its potential march to the Elite Eight? Well, there's plenty. I mean, they, they've got, you know, a couple before. Yeah, everybody's thinking, hey, Michigan's wounded uh, in that region. It's a chance. Um, but they'd have to, you know, get through potentially Texas in the Sweet 16. I mean, they got to start with Rick Pitino. Um, and, and that's that's no, not going to be any pleasant um, experience, I'm sure, in the first round. Um, but potentially Texas in the Sweet 16, which is a, just an unbelievable matchup, I think would be a lot of fun. Um, and then it's, you know, whoever comes out of the top of that. I mean, you got another SEC team um, up there opposite Michigan in the 8-9 game. LSU is a really interesting team that took Alabama all the way to the wire uh, in the SEC championship game on Sunday, that was an excellent game. One of the best, I think it was one of the best games of the year in college basketball, as was the, the big 10 title game. Um, and, and LSU has just this, been this kind of confounding team. They play no defense, but they can score a million on you. They've got five-star guys uh, in the freshman, sophomore and junior classes and Cam Thomas, who is unbelievable. Trendon Watford, Javante Smart, those guys can all go for 30. You know, that's a team that could, could give Michigan trouble at the top. Um, but, but you've also got FSU there, which is, you know, Florida state's going to be incredibly long and athletic, um, that would be there potentially for Alabama could face LSU earlier, could face Alabama in the elite eight. Um, so there's a number of challengers. This will not be a cakewalk for Alabama, even with a wounded Michigan team as the one seed, but I really like them. And, and, and I'm writing something today about Alabama. The reason I like Alabama, we, we've all become obsessed with their offense, um, because they, they've, Nate Oates has, has uh, very deliberately removed the uh, mid-range jump shot from their uh, style and their vocabulary. He's taped down the floor, as everybody has kind of seen. Uh, he has these scrimmages in practice where he uh, diminishes the value of the mid-range and, and increases the value of the twos and the three, the, the layups and the threes, and that's all they shoot. Um, so we've become obsessed with that idea with them, but why they're good and why they can go to the final four is because they have one of the two or three most efficient defenses in America. They play incredible defense. They play aggressive. Um, they are uh, tough minded. I thought the sec tournament was great for them. They blew out Mississippi state cause they made shots and that's what they do. If they make shots, they blow you out. And then in Tennessee, Tennessee in the semifinals, they erase a 15 point deficit in the second half against LSU. They make the, you know, three or four stops they had to make at the end of the game. Um, and so that's why I'm, I'm kind of all in on Alabama right now. Yeah, the, the Elite Eight matchup I would love to see the most would be Michigan and Alabama. I think those would be two just fascinating teams to get together. And that assumes that we're getting a healthy Michigan, that we are getting a Michigan with 
Isaiah Livers. Uh, Brendan, what can you tell us about where things stand for Livers and the Wolverines going into the start of the tournament? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's a chance you see him in, in, in this game, for sure. Um, you know, the second game, highly, highly unlikely. The second weekend, also, you know, odds against him, I would say. But, you know, when it, it, something like a stress fracture, it's a matter of rest. And we it's hard to imp- project how that rest goes. So, um, you know, talking to people around the program, there's there's a glimmer of, of hope that, you know, maybe Final Four, if, if they get there, that, that, that he can play. And even if it's 12 minutes or 15 minutes, whatever, give him some shooting. Um, it certainly you would take it. Um, the interesting thing about the the livers injury is, you know, personnel wise, Michigan has a body that can just step right in, right? One of the best six men mm-hmm. in in the Big Ten was Sean D. Brown. Well, you know, does that? How does that translate though? Is it going to does does Sean D. Brown kind of continue in the role that he was in, or does he try to uh, be something more or or replicate? Isaiah Livers, because that I don't think you want. You want Shawnee Brown to do what he did all year because that worked. Um, you want everyone else to elevate their games. You want a little bit more out of Franz Wagner, a little bit more out of Hunter Dickinson, Eli Brooks, Mike Smith. Um, keep the recipe that's there and just get more out of it would probably be the the winning philosophy here. And if you get Livers back, it's gravy, but you can't be planning on that um, in, in terms of making a run here. Mm-hmm. Kyle, I was going to ask you uh, more about LSU, but you kind of hit on them. So I want to uh, kind of switch gears and, and talk about Tennessee, a team that no one's really talking about, a five seed, always the vulnerable spot against a 5-12, playing a red-hot Oregon State team, and then could potentially play Oklahoma State or Illinois in that side of the bracket. But I uh, thought they played pretty well in the SEC tournament, uh, almost took down Alabama, uh, a team that a lot of people were really high on early in the year. What do you see from this team? Uh, can they get it together and make some sort of run here? They certainly could. Uh, you know, they're a hard team to figure. I think they. a lot of people thought Tennessee looked like one of the best teams in the country early in the season. They kind of faltered late. Um, but like we said earlier, it had Bama down 15 in the second half of the SEC semifinals and blew it. Um, that's another team that's got certainly got talent. They've got three former five-star recruits on the roster. They're all major contributors. Uh, Jaden Springer and Keon Johnson, two freshmen, combined for 50 at Kentucky. Uh, against a really athletic team as much as Kentucky has struggled uh, still got a bunch of pros um, then you got the diesel eaves ponds inside I think he, he tied an SEC tournament record he blocked eight shots in the quarterfinals um, they've got dudes uh, it's just they turn it over too much Viscovi you know is a gift and a curse for them he's not afraid he'll take the the big shot he'll take the shot from the logo which he did like three times against Alabama for some reason uh, but they turn it over way too much I mean they, they do some just and especially especially with Scoby, just kind of some mind-numbingly, what are you doing things? Um, and so I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, I do love the potential matchup there of Tennessee against Cade and Oklahoma State in the second round, uh, with the, the chance to face Illinois in the Sweet 16. Um, talent-wise, they've got enough for sure, for sure enough talent there. Um, to challenge either one of those teams. It wouldn't shock me at all if they knocked Kate out of the tournament. Yeah, it could definitely be one of the very exciting sweet or second round matchups if we do get it. And everyone is anticipating a Sweet 16 matchup between 
Cade Cunningham and Oklahoma State, Ayo Tosunmu, Kofi Coburn, and Illinois. Brendan, a whole lot has been made about this Big Ten title drought. It's been 21 years since we've seen a Big Ten team win the NCAA tournament. We've got two one-seeds from this conference in Illinois and Michigan, a couple of two-seeds in Ohio State and Iowa. Is this the year that it finally happens for the Big Ten? Probably not. Um, <laughs> the, the the notion of, you know, I mean, look, I've been saying Gonzaga all year. So, you know, the Big Ten has certainly put itself in the best position to do it this year, uh, which is great. But, you know, it's Gonzaga still Gonzaga and Baylor still looks pretty damn good. Um I, the odds are probably pretty decent for, for the league, and I really love Illinois. Um, but if it's Gonzaga or the Big Ten, I'd still take Gonzaga uh, if, they, if, those, if it's those two options straight up. But uh, look, I mean, I, I don't I don't see Iowa making a run with that defense and without Wieskamp. I don't see uh, Ohio State having the – guns to win it all like maybe a final four run at ohio state which would be beyond impressive for what this team was expected to be uh michigan without livers man that's that's a hard ask and i and i've heard some folks around like ann arbor think that michigan got a good draw i disagree with that i don't like this draw very much for michigan um so you know illinois can illinois win the national championship uh that that to me is is a big question i still think like maybe michigan could get to the final four but even that is a lot so um if to me does it's not a question of can the league win it's can illinois win kyle usually uh kentucky's carrying the banner and in, into the ncaa tournament as the as the best final four hope uh, obviously that's not the case this year it's alabama but if alabama uh can't make the final four what's what's an sec team do you think that could maybe crash that party i mean it's got to be arkansas you know that's your that's your best hope um you know that's a team that um was the hottest one of the hottest teams in the country going into the uh, sec semifinals where they got knocked out uh, by lsu but they hadn't lost a game until then um since january 30th um they hadn't lost an sec game they'd won 12 sec games in a row to that point I, I'm, I'm high on nato to Alabama. i'm almost as high or equally as high on on uh, muscle, muscle, uh, muscleman, excuse me, uh, at Arkansas. I just, I think what he does is so interesting because, you know, like it, like he did at Nevada, uh, huge, uh, activity in the transfer market. I mean, almost all of the major contributors at Arkansas came from somewhere else, but also now that he's in the sec, now that he's in a program uh, like Arkansas, he can recruit high school talent as well. And he did that Moses Moody, one of the most electric freshmen, um, that'll be in this tournament. Uh, one of the best in the country, he can go off at any time. Um, so th- I think they've got the pieces. I think they've played well enough down the stretch. They're, 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 they're kind of peaking, I think, at the end of the season. They've got a chance. That's kind of a, a tough draw for them. Um, but, I, but I definitely think they have a chance. Yeah, it's fun to see all this new SEC blood, right? Not Kentucky, not Florida that we're talking about, Alabama, Arkansas. Maybe LSU pulls the upset over Michigan. We've got a lot to talk about with both of these conferences. Very happy to do it with Brendan Quinn and Kyle Tucker. Thanks for joining the show, guys. Thanks for having us. Thanks, guys. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. 
Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right, Brian, we've got a couple more games to talk about here before we wrap up this episode of Ding You. Let's get our next uh, 16 seed game. I always want to say Sweet 16. It'd be crazy if we saw (laughs) Appalachian State or Norfolk State in the Sweet 16. This is a 16 seed game. These two teams going up against one another. Appalachian State, three-point favorites against Norfolk State, 133.5 is the over-under that we're looking at here. And, you know, I mean, uh, Brian, Appalachian State, a couple of weeks ago, they weren't really even anywhere near consideration for being the Sun Belt champions. They lost uh, six of their last seven games in conference, and then they come out and just tear right through the conference tournament, win four straight, and get themselves a berth in the NCAA tournament. I I think there's a little something to be said for having the hot hand, especially when you are two teams that are both sub-200 rank on Ken Palm, right? We're not talking about teams that are necessarily going to blow anyone away, even someone who they are better than. And that does have me interested in Appalachian State. Where do you land when you look at this one? Well, there are college basketball editor at uh, the Athletic, Hugh Kellenberger, graduated from Appalachian State. So clearly I'm uh, rooting for them and picking them. Uh, and I'm still, <laughs> still kind of wondering how in the world the Mountaineers did this. As you mentioned, they finished seven and eight in conference play really looked bad for, for most of the, mm-hmm. you know, the second half of the season. It's a team that takes almost 44% of its shots from three, but is only shooting 32.6% uh, on three. So that doesn't seem like a good combination, but somehow they go into the Sunbelt tournament and except for one game, they were scorching the nets from outside. So I don't know what that means. Is it just a, a good weekend that they had? Uh, because they didn't, they didn't show this at all during the regular of the year. Uh, on the other hand, Norfolk shoots 37% from three, which is a really nice number for as a team. So it's a, uh, you know, I, I think Norfolk State has a good shot here. I, I like Devontae Carter, a uh, big-time scorer for them, uh, a team that w- was really uh, good all year in the MEAC. Uh, certainly, uh, MEAC is a step below the Sun Belt. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I think I might take a shot with Norfolk here on the on just on the hunch that Appalachian State just got hot for a weekend and <laughs> they're really not yeah. that good. Yeah, you look at uh, Ken Palm's got this as a one-point win for Norfolk State, so certainly a big divergence from uh, where the the line is sitting on this game. And maybe you do look at you know sort of a, it's it's got a, a football name brand, right? Appalachian State yeah. from their upset of Michigan all those years ago, and uh, always sticking around and being one of the more dangerous teams uh, on their level. And, and so people, casual betters, come in and they already have this sort of familiarity with the university. They get hot in the Sun Belt tournament. Maybe not a huge surprise to see that being leaned into here. You talk about all the three-point shooting with these two teams and the fact that App State just really wasn't a good three-point shooting team, no matter how many of them they put up, pushes me to the under. Pushes me that if I'm going to trust anything in this game, I'm going to trust that neither of these teams is going to shoot it too well, or at least App State maybe not going to shoot it too well. And it makes me interested in playing the under. I think that it's that or nothing uh, for me uh, when I look at this game. Anything get you excited about it? Uh, again, I I, I kind of like Norfolk a little bit just to, to cover, but I think the unders probably a good play in some of these games, especially the 16-16 games. I think you see teams maybe come out a little tight, you know, especially teams mm-hmm. like uh, Appalachia State hasn't been in the tournament in forever. Uh, there's just no experience there. And granted, there won't be fans in the stands and that sort of thing, but uh, you just don't know uh, how they might come out and uh, how they're going to perform. 
Norfolk State, of course, the last time we saw them in the tournament, a 15 seed, pulled a huge upset against Missouri and sort of started a little flurry, right, of uh, of 15 over twos. We also had Lehigh over Duke, so uh, they got that going a little bit back in the 2012-2013 uh, NCAA tournament years. Uh, maybe we get a little bit more Norfolk State magic in this uh, season's tournament. Last game of the first four to talk about here, Brian. This, of course, is the big one. We've already talked about it a little bit here. UCLA and Michigan State. Uh, this one this is just a fun game, right? I mean, we just yeah. don't get first four games like this all that often. Michigan State, two-point favorites against UCLA with a 135.5 over under. I, I like MSU. I just think there's such a ceiling to this team. And, you know, Brendan was talking about it, right, that there's really not a lot you can trust about Michigan State. But we do know that this team has a very high ceiling. Right? They just beat Ohio State, Michigan. I mean, this team has some big-time wins, the sort of wins that you just don't see from a first-four team. And it's not to say that they should have been something a little bit higher. I think they you know, are lucky to be in the tournament period, so they can't really complain about being a first-four. But you don't see that type of ceiling from your standard first-four team. And so UCLA maybe was a little bit more consistent through the season, but I'm looking for a team with some ceiling here. I like Michigan State. It's probably my favorite bet of the first four and the one that I'm definitely sprinting to the window to make. Yeah, I like Michigan State here too. As Brandon noted, I mean, this is a team that's very inconsistent and uh, could throw out a clunker like they did against Rutgers where they scored, what, two points in that game or something? It was. Uh, I mean, it was just, just brutal. 67-37 uh, <laughs> was the score of that yeah. game. Unbelievable. Uh, but UCLA, UCLA comes in having lost their last four in a row and and while some of those were against the top teams in the Pac-12 and Oregon State was pretty hot, that knocked them out. But it just didn't look like a team that was playing all, all that well to me. They really don't have any great wins uh, all year long. Uh, the mm -hmm. Pac-12 was a significantly uh, worse conference than the Big Ten. So I think Michigan State's more battle-tested. And, you know, we're playing this, uh, you know, at Purdue's home court, right? So uh, you know, Michigan yeah. State has a little bit of familiarity there. I don't think it's going to make a huge difference, but uh, <laughs> it can't hurt. And uh, yeah, again, I, I just don't I don't like the look of this UCLA team that much. I, 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 I admire what they did once Chris Smith went down. They they were able to, yeah. to keep it together, but it does seem like they kind of lost a little bit of mojo toward the end of the year. So yeah, I do like Michigan State in this quite a bit. Yeah, Michigan State actually took a loss at Mackey Arena earlier this season, 75-65 mm -hmm. against Purdue. Actually got swept by Purdue this year and uh, that that first one brings up horrible memories for me. That was the game that Michigan State was winning by like 10 with a couple of minutes left. Purdue ended up winning it by one on a Travion Williams. Uh, not quite buzzer beater, but just close uh, to the buzzer. And let's just say that it was going to complete a, a pretty nice – just the Michigan State money line, that was it. was going to complete <laughs> a pretty nice parlay for me yeah. on that uh, Friday. Didn't come to fruition for me. But uh, I, it just does – Again, I, I've already said it a couple of times, but when you show the ceiling to beat Illinois, Ohio State, and Michigan in a two-week stretch, you are a good team. You're, you're not you're not this hopeless team. You're not a standard for, first four team. There's something to like about this Michigan State team, and if things go right for them, I think not only we could be talking about them as a first four winner, but as a team that is going to present a very tough challenge against BYU on Saturday. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of The Ding You. Thanks to everyone who joined us here. We will be back with you once again tomorrow. And again, as we said with Jason Scott from BetMGM, that is going to be the big one. That is what we were talking about the entire first round. We are going to get to as many games as we possibly can. So, Brian, you too. I want to hear some games from you over the next couple of uh, hours. Give me some games that you want to talk about. We will get them into the show. We're going to have a lot of fun tomorrow. Again, Brian, this is a good one, man. Thanks for doing it. 24 hours closer to the NCAA tournament. Let's do this. <laughs> All right. Again, thank you, everyone, for tuning in 
to the ding. You will be back with you tomorrow. Get those brackets, get those bets, get everything ready, get pumped for the first round. We'll talk to you soon.